0: Hi everyone, it's Jen Wall, and on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast by some, I sit down to talk with Carol Parrish all about building relationships and networking. Let me tell you a little bit more about Carol. Carol Parrish helps female leaders in male-dominated professions like aerospace, manufacturing, and tech achieve financial freedom and peace of mind around their wealth so they can enjoy life now and still not have to eat cat food in retirement. I mean, I think that's what we all want to make sure we can avoid. She describes herself as an air traffic controller of finances. A financial life is like an airport with airplanes taking off, landing, and flying in all different directions at different times. Carol manages all the air traffic to create a flight plan that is easy to understand, execute, and adjust as needed. Carol earned the Retirement Income Certified Professional designation, the RICP. She has a bachelor's degree in accounting from the University of Washington and a master's degree in sports management from the Ohio State University. When networking, Carol is usually watching softball, baseball, basketball, or football with her two kids and husband. And I hope you enjoy the conversation as Carol and I talk about how you can build relationships through networking. Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall, and I'm so excited to be sitting down with Carol Parrish to talk about an extremely important topic that. I think, arguably, yeah, is important to everyone. It's understanding how to build our relationships or build successful relationships and also what we can do in networking to facilitate that genuine conversation to make people actually want to get to know more about us instead of maybe just making it all about us. But to be here to talk about this topic of relationship building and networking, I'm so excited to welcome Carol. Carol, thank you so much for joining the Leadership Habit Podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you. I'm
1: so excited to be
0: here. So, Carol, tell us a little bit about yourself. I love to start with a good origin story.
1: Tell us a little bit about who you are, how you came to be. Sounds good. So, right now, um, I'm a financial advisor who helps established women in aerospace and other male dominated fields um, achieve financial freedom and just have peace of mind around their money so they can actually enjoy themselves right now. And not worry about having to eat cat food in retirement. So um, because I work in aerospace, a lot of times I like to say that I'm the air traffic controller of finances. Because you can picture airplanes coming in and taking off and trying not to crash. And there's so many different moving parts. So I come in and manage that air traffic and create a flight plan for my clients. So. Um, I kind of have a weird beginning. Um, I actually started in college athletics doing marketing, which was, a uh, love and still is a love of mine is, is sports. And then, um, at the time would say I was a victim of the economy and an 0 and 16 football season at the school I was working at. And of course, in hindsight, like many things, it was a blessing in disguise because I love what I'm doing now and working with people and meeting people and helping people, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, yeah,
0: well, and helping people with I mean, our money, that is something that that is the result of our hard worked time, like to actually build trust with someone, you know, that's really important. I feel like you have to be a master at that because it is something where if I don't trust you, I'm deaf. I won't even buy a hot dog for a dollar if I don't trust that vendor. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. I won't even spend the smallest amount. And so I love just really like being able to leverage and understand how you approach this because it is so important, but Okay, we had talked about this in the pre-call. There was a point in time when you actually were like, uh, "I don't know how I feel about conversations." Yeah, how did you get out of that fear? Because I think a lot of people can relate to maybe feeling awkward or insecure or just avoiding those random conversations. For sure. How did you get over that fear, or what was that experience initially like for you when you were actually going out thinking about building relationships and networking?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question and. I like. I think back, even when I was a kid, I was really shy, which nobody that I know now believes that I was ever shy. But then, once I got to know people, I kind of come out of my shell and whatnot. And then, when I first, you know, started in my real first career, where I had to actually get to know people, um, it was really awkward at first. But then I realized, looking around the room. That everybody else is in the same situation and feeling the same way. So they didn't want to go up and talk to anybody either. So I figured if I did it, it'd be breaking the ice and they feel better because they don't have to be the one to initiate the conversation too. So whenever I'm feeling uncomfortable, I kind of remind myself about that. And that's in probably more, a more formal setting. Um But I know we also talked about just casual encounters where starting a conversation with someone, like I mentioned my love for sports. Well, thankfully, my kids have uh, inherited that same love for sports and we spend so much time watching them with other parents that I've built some significant relationships with people just chit-chatting, sitting in the stands and you know, oh, what do you do? What do you do? And and you learn a lot about them and find, you know, areas we have in common. You know, clearly you and I both like red. So is that a <laughs> topic that we talk about? Um, but just reminding myself that other people are in the same situation. So
0: I love that. If we just went to a networking event, so this is to our listeners. The next time you walk into a networking event, Remind yourselves, everyone there is probably like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to be judged. I'm not sure who to talk to. There are very few people, I think, that are overly confident at networking because most people, I think, are also they're just concerned with like how they're going to be perceived. But yet we compare or somehow assume someone's mastered the awkwardness of it. Mm -hmm. And chances are they just haven't articulated it or you just can't see it because you haven't gotten to know them. But I love your approach of embracing the random conversations, The the natural conversations that just occur in the day to day, whether it's at a soccer game or I can think of an example recently where I got connected with a really cool nonprofit organization to volunteer with them Mm -hmm. all because I met someone through a friend casually at an event. She was like, Hey, we're looking for someone to coach our students. Would you help? Perfect. Yeah. Let's work with them on speaking. And it was amazing, but that never would have happened if I didn't get to know my friend's friend through
1: a random conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, That brings up a good point too, about just volunteering. Um, Like I just gave blood yesterday and I didn't meet anybody there that we stayed in touch after a day, but we're all sitting around there with nothing to do because we're having, you know, we have a bag attached to our arm and we're talking with the people that are working there. We're talking with other people doing that Um, boards that we serve on. um, You get to meet people that way, but it's also, it's a way to combine two, things at once So will kill two birds with one stone where you can still spend your time doing something you're passionate about and then meet other people that are passionate about the same thing so you have an automatic connection right there and you get to do something you like doing Yes. The win-win.
0: Now let's talk about what makes relationship building hard because whether you're a new leader and you're responsible for maybe meeting new people and influencing them, or whether maybe you are in sales or you want to influence a customer, let's talk about some of the challenges that leaders will run into in your perspective or from your perspective, what makes relationship building challenging?
1: Well, um, I think depending on the person, it could be one of a number of things. But for a lot of people, as we just talked about, it's just this kind of the fear of the unknown. You know, people generally want to be liked and they don't want to walk up to somebody and say something that they think is stupid. And I think that's a huge concern. You know, well... I'm less concerned about it now because in my old age, I just realize I am who I am. And sometimes I'm going to screw up and sometimes I'm not. Um, people, I, I know it's a hot topic now about trying to be your authentic self, which is great because it makes people more comfortable. Um, but sometimes people are afraid to show that side of themselves too. So it's that, fear of being authentic and just being yourself too. Oh um, gosh, I can
0: see that in like, in that way of just feeling like, but will they like me? What if they don't like me? Why would I show up as my aunt? What if they think I'm weird or strange or dumb, right? Not even smart. Like how we all naturally have
1: that negative self-talk yeah. that gets in our way. I mean, that's it's what I think of. The of same same self negative self-talk we had when we were kids. and. Oh my God, there's, you know, Bobby across the playground and I want to go say hi, but what's he going to think of me? And, oh, that new girl is really seems really cool. It's the same thing. It's just now we're adults and we're, it's our professional lives.
0: When do you think we'll actually normalize that it's okay to be uncomfortable? Like it's totally normal instead of, because I still think people have done that situation so many times, but yet maybe you're still like, I don't know why. What if we just accepted that it's, it's awkward in the beginning,
1: right? You're getting to know. someone. (laughs) Well, why don't you and I start it right here? We're accepting (laughs) that it's okay to be uncomfortable. And as the saying goes, you have to be uncomfortable to grow and do things. So. Um, the other one of the things that I was with, with COVID hitting, I think has caused an interesting challenge too. Is virtual relationship building versus in person, and some people that were really natural at it in person don't like talking in front of a computer like we are right now, and then the flip flop where some people that were got really nervous and didn't want to attend anything in person. Um, now they feel, I think, a sense of security because they have this screen between them and the other person too. Um, I'm one of those people (laughs) and I'm an extrovert,
0: but the being on a screen, I'm like, okay, this feels so much more comfortable. I feel like I don't maybe, because I have a tendency to maybe sweat when I'm nervous or talk really fast. Mm -hmm. And for some reason in that virtual setting, I don't know if it's the cutoff of their nonverbal cues or maybe the other noise in the environment, but it's so much easier for me to meet people virtually than it is in person. I just am less in
1: my head with it. (laughs) Well, I think now people have realized that it, well, maybe that's not the right word, but like a lot of people when COVID hit, organizations and companies were trying to find ways to engage their employees or their association members more easily. So I feel like people were more inviting in general, trying to encourage people to speak up, which I think is helpful too. Like there were a number of calls that. I was on through Elevate, how you and I met through the Elevate Network, where um, we would, I don't like the term single out, but we would ask for feedback and input from input from people and invite them to speak, which I think made them more comfortable. And then once they realized that it was a a welcoming group, then they become a little bit more open. When you're at an in-person event and there's a lot of people around, you're trying to have a conversation, but you're also thinking about all the other people around you that might be looking at you, or you might get distracted looking at someone else, which you don't have as much in the virtual world. So.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much of that noise is cut off, but you hit on a really important piece of of creating that psychologically like safe space, that welcoming environment that, you know, what makes it hard is when we aren't intentional about that. And we just assume that maybe we'll start talking without actually laying the foundation or the groundwork for a conversation. (laughs) We've got a dog. (laughs) No worries. That's, Hey, that's real life. We're, we're talking, we have the little break with the dog. No problem at all. But trust. I mean, knowing that, yeah, it is hard to go into a conversation with someone to feel like I want to confide in you or even tell you about myself. Um, I know for me, for some reason in early in my career, it was harder to actually facilitate relationships with executives because of the fear of maybe, you know, that imposter syndrome, feeling like they're looking at me like, Are you sure you can do your job? Just a little Mm -hmm. intimidated. And I still get a little in my head. If if I'm with someone that's achieved a a lot in their life or they have a high level of of authority, I can get super intimidated by
1: that because I know that I'm awkward. And so then I don't know what to say. It It totally reminds me of, I don't know if it was People Magazine or Us Magazine where they show the celebrities out like at the grocery or going for a jog and it's like, Celebrities, they're just like us, which is the same thing like with an executive or a president or CEO or somebody that we were nervous about talking to. I mean, they're people, too. Right. And they I I have found that in many cases they don't want to feel like they're on that pedestal, per se. So sometimes they're easier to talk to because they are, have more practice at engaging people and are trying to, um, what's the word I'm looking for to just have a a level conversation or, um, interact more with people too. Let's, let's hit on
0: some of the pitfalls to avoid, because I know that There's the awkwardness. But yet when you find yourself in that networking conversation or in that room with someone, I feel like I just had it. I don't even know, two days ago, like of someone trying to build a relationship in a digital way, right? Over LinkedIn. And then they send the initial message that I didn't ask for. And then they follow up with a, you aren't paying attention to me. And I'm like, why would I ever keep following up to a passive aggressive email of someone I've yeah. never met? And I'm seeing that as a sales practice in so many ways. And I'm actually very shocked because it's counter to getting to know the human. From your perspective, what are
1: some of the pitfalls that you need to avoid? Well, I think you just hit on one of them right away, not being a walking like billboard or sales pitch Um I get those same messages too. And and I love to connect with people. But if they're just trying to immediately sell me something or it's obvious that they just sent out 200 messages automatically and don't have any interest in relating with me, it's I'm not even wasting my time on it.
0: Um,
1: I have also been in conversations with people where they only talk about themselves over and over and over again. And you can't get a a word in edgewise. So um, I always try to remind myself, I want to hear them talk, but it's supposed to be a two-way street too. So I love saying that.
0: I just met someone for the first time two weeks ago. We had done maybe three weeks ago now, we had done this meet and greet. They had asked to, connect to like, Hey, let's, let's just do a 30 minute meeting to get to know each other. And we did the zoom meeting and I asked a lot of questions and I'm not kidding the entire time. She asked me zero questions about myself. Yeah. And so at the end of it, I was like, I probably will not pursue any further relationship or friendship or working relationship with you because you seem kind of only into it for yourself and who you are. I mean, that's real talk. Like, I just don't, I don't love that. I'm rubbed the wrong way when people always make it about them or, hey, let me just fill the space with all the great things about myself. I get fatigued and I start to think about what are the things I'm my to-do list right now?
1: (laughs) People love to talk about themselves. And I'll be honest. I mean, I've been guilty of it too, where I realized, you know, shut up. I need to tell myself to be quiet and then ask more questions. And usually, like, I'm genuinely interested in getting to know them. And so I, you know, I want to ask questions. Um, but there have definitely been times where, like you just said, it just puts you in, like, such an awkward position, too. Um, it's Yeah, no, that's, I mean, ask a question
0: ask a question. And if you're not asking questions, chances are you're not engaging in a dialogue or you yeah. might just be listening, but asking questions It allows you to, that's, I mean, that's the brilliant piece. You get to actually know them when you ask questions. And if you're not asking someone questions, you're not getting to know them, which means you're not building trust with them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sure. and, and like you said before, Especially like in my industry and in financial services, people aren't going to work with you if they don't trust you, like you talked about how i mean nobody wants to talk about money, and half the time they don't want to talk about it with people they do trust, so you have to like take it even another level um and and it's not just trust- it's becoming comfortable like people need to feel comfortable talking with you um and sharing information um so it's it's easy to easier i should say i shouldn't say easy but to start with you know simple questions and and prompting them to talk about themselves but maybe not too much too
0: oh. i'm curious what's your take on you know when you're going into a networking situation is the first question you know tell me what you do or do you recommend people to even think about Ask them a non-work-related question. I don't. I'm just curious what your take on that is, or how you approach that in those settings.
1: That's a really good question, and i I feel like in a professional setting, people always say, "Oh, where are you from?" or "What do you do?" Um, but I think that's one thing that, in my mind, can cause people to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because they. It can feel judged it, you know, especially if there's someone that's insecure about their position or whatnot. um I personally like the more casual conversation, but the old you know, oh, hows you know are you enjoying the sunshine today? kind of that gets really old fast too, so something <laughs> creative or you know, we immediate, like I keep, I talked about the red earlier, but we immediately got on the call and noticed we're both wearing red. And that could be like a fun icebreaker. Like, oh, where did you get your red? And, um, it's, it's just kind of random things. And, or if you see somebody that, um, is with a company that you've been wanting to learn about, or you have a friend that works there. You could, that could be a conversation starter too, or, um, something about if there's a speaker, it could be, Hey, I saw so-and-so's ready to, you know, speaking about blah, blah, blah today. I'm super excited to hear about them. You know, what made you come today? Um, kind of thing too. So I'm, You know, eventually people want to get to, you know, what they do and not do, but it's not always about our jobs and careers too. Well, and especially I feel like today, and maybe I'm sensitive
0: to this because I've heard, especially if you're looking or if you were furloughed or you know, temporarily laid off or something, and then you go to a networking event because you want to connect with people, and then that's the first question. That can be a question that's very uncomfortable that can put people into, okay, well, I, I, you know, I was laid off or I'm looking for yeah. work. Like not everyone's going to feel comfortable saying that. And you know what? We're, we're more than our jobs anyways, right? We're yeah. so much deeper than whatever title or what yeah. we're going to say. So I, I appreciate the perspective of like, you know, we don't always just have to start with work. It's a pretty, yeah. You know, it's it's not really, sometimes it leads to really exciting conversations, mm-hmm. but it's typically not the, the question that's like, yeah. whoa, we're connecting. We're having so much fun together right now because it doesn't necessarily leave space for a two-way dialogue yeah. because there's not necessarily always going to be that common ground in line of work, but we might have common ground in other capacities of our life.
1: Sure. <laughs> like, for sure. So, and I, I can think of it like several situations where, I've gotten to know people um just some random hobbies of theirs and and I just one of the things I really like is just trying to connect people it, it doesn't necessarily have to be connecting people that are looking for a job or connecting someone that's looking for a coach or whatnot um I have you know just connected two women who one runs a robotics organization and one helps lead her daughter's like first robotics team, which is totally random. But had I not met both of them and connected them, they never would have met. And now they're having conversations together. The robotics wasn't the one woman's profession. um, And just, you know, I know so many runners. Well, a lot of times the runners want to get together and go for a run together. Um, again, it doesn't have anything to do with work, but they're building relationships and um, having other people in their network that they can go to with questions and to bounce ideas off of and things that we don't always want to talk to people in our industries either or our company. So having somebody outside of that is Good broadening business,
0: your view. Per se. <laughs> yeah, broadening your view, expanding your opportunities. But I like even thinking, like, you know, outside of the workplace, find the hobbies, but also think about finding the hobbies inside of the workplace because it's sometimes in the workplace we talk at people as their position. Like, hi Jen, you're blank. And then they don't see anything else beyond the position. And <laughs> that, that doesn't necessarily make me feel connected to you. Like Hi, do you know that I'm a person that's underneath this spreadsheet? I'm just curious if you know that. It's okay if you don't. So, how do you? Yeah, I-
1: I mean, do they have kids? Do they, you know, like to play cornhole? Do they participate? You know, where where do they like to volunteer? Where do they, Where do they spend their time? You know, what do they like to read? Do they read? Yeah do they listen to podcasts? Maybe they're listening to the leadership. Do they host their own (laughs) podcast? Are they in a band? Do they karaoke? I mean, there's so many, we're so much more than that. Oh my gosh. I love it. You just gave a lot of great
0: icebreaker questions. One of my favorite ones for some reason lately is what's your favorite karaoke song? Just because I like hearing the diversity and responses. And I think it also shows a funny side, right, of us to be like, oh, that's your song? No kidding. Or you, of course, get the, like, I am not going anywhere near that. There's no way. I mean, what
1: what is your favorite song, Carol? Do you? Do you well, karaoke? actually, it's it's the topic of karaoke is on the tip of my, top of my mind right now because I am going karaokeing tonight, which is, especially on a weeknight, is rare. But we're having a going-away party for somebody and you're gonna laugh when I tell you my song. I'm not a good singer, but I am very entertaining. It's raining men by the weather girl. <laughs> and it's uh, yes. raining men. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I love it. See, it's just
0: fun. My favorite one. Michael Jackson, "Man in the Mirror," I love it. It's my go-to. It makes me so happy. But I feel like people usually have a point of view, like either they've done that by torture, like I had to do it for a party. I observe. I don't do it. Mm -hmm. I've got my song. That one's an easy way, and none of it's work-related. Yeah, (laughs) well,
1: and it's fun. You, it's a great play, even if you're not going to karaoke you can meet a lot of people randomly who are there just like singing along or hanging out. You don't have to actually go up on the stage. So. Yeah. And now that's a place to talk to people. (laughs) Yeah. You
0: you can talk about like, I cannot believe they just did that. Perhaps to them, that may not be me. Relatability right there with the other person that's sitting there, like I'm not doing it either. I mean, come and grow. you talked about PressCom is a global organization dedicated to developing effective leaders. Companies all over the world have seen their managers transformed into leaders through our award-winning and accredited leadership development programs. Our signature BPM program provides interactive management training with a results-oriented curriculum and prime networking opportunities. If you're interested in learning more about our flagship program and developing your managers into leaders, please visit our website to find a leadership trainer near you. Or maybe you yourself have always wanted to train and develop others. Crestcom is a global franchise with ownership opportunities available throughout the world. If you have ever thought about being your own boss, owning your own business, and leveraging your leadership experience to impact businesses and leaders in your community, Crestcom may be the right fit for you. We're looking for professional executives who are looking for a change and want to make a difference in people's lives. Learn more about our franchise opportunity on the Own a Franchise page of our website at crosscom.com. So let's talk about your tips. How do you go about building new relationships? It's incredibly important to your line of work. You're meeting new people all the time. What's your kind of like philosophy or framework or practices for how you approach building new relationships?
1: So that's a, that's a good question. Um, For me, um, I feel like some of it just happens organically, because I am around people a lot and like to ask questions. There's other times, and in the past, I had to be more intentional about it, where, like, for example, if I was going to an event, I went in with like a strategy of, okay, you know, what's, what's my goal going to this meeting? Is it because I want to hear the speaker? Do I want to meet three new people that work in X, Y, Z? Um, what is that? And then it, it gave me kind of a framework to, to work the event while I was there. Um, when I'm working, when I'm doing it more organically, it's, is it that the thing is just the two. my two biggest tips are be yourself and ask a lot of questions. Um, and yeah, some of the questions might be dumb questions, but it could also, you just never know. Sometimes you could find out a lot about somebody by asking what, what you think is a dumb question that ends up being a great question too. It gets the person talking and people like to talk about themselves. Well, and
0: I feel like you can preface it with like, hey, I'm, you know, just learning or I'm not as familiar. I'm going to ask you a question. It might sound a little silly, but I just honestly don't know. I think it's okay to admit that we don't know. We don't know. And that's where we can be curious about asking that. But what do you do if you ask a question and someone gives you like two words? Because I feel like that's happened to me where you sit there and you're like, this is going to be a long networking event. How do you manage those situations?
1: You just turn around and walk away. No, just kidding. No, you (laughs) know, um, that's a, um, that has definitely happened to me before. And I think I've probably been the person that's done that too. Um, and I just tried to ask a more, um, open ended question to try to get a little bit more information or maybe someone i know is walking by and pull them into the conversation too like hey have you this is my friend jen um have you met uh bobby bobby's back um you know you guys both blah 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 and that could strike up some more um conversation and make it a little less awkward too it could just turn into the you know what you know have you been here before why are you you know and then you may get a I was forced to come and you just sometimes you just have to dig yourself out or it just doesn't happen and you move on and it's water under the bridge you don't yeah. know what that person's going through either so yeah maybe just have, have
0: an exit it. line like hey yeah. it was so nice to meet you there I hope you, you, you enjoy the rest of your time here you know I'm gonna go meet I'm gonna go, go to
1: grab you. a drink of water
0: but being yourself, I mean, Uh I'm a pretty extroverted person. I would argue that authenticity is super important to me, but yet I don't actually attend a lot of networking events in person because of my own fears. Like I do get in the way of like comparing myself, or maybe I might know someone in that group and I might know that they're really successful and really accomplished. And then I can get a little bit of that, like, am I even supposed to be here? So like, how do you kind of balance or toe that line between showing up as your authentic self when you actually really don't want to? Because you kind of feel like maybe I need to try and be someone I'm not just to actually fit in in this place.
1: Um, I think personally for me, I try to get myself in the right mindset before I walk in the room. Like it could be on my drive to the event it could be stopping in the bathroom just to have some, you know, peace of mind and clear my head before I go in. And sometimes it may involve a little self talk. You know, it, you know, it works for some people. It may be not so much, you know, not for everybody, but by doing that before you go in and again, knowing why you're there and what you're trying to achieve and that. Everybody else, again, back to that first point I made, everybody else is in the same boat as us. I mean, they're trying to meet people and have conversations too. So why not be the go-between or facilitator to make it easier for everybody?
0: So let's say that we meet at a networking event and you want to be your authentic self. You're excited to maybe have a conversation Because we've all probably been on the other side where it's like, maybe you shouldn't have shared that. So from your perspective, like what do you think is appropriate to share when you're first meeting someone versus not share?
1: Oh gosh.
0: You've got I'm sure you've probably heard a lot of stuff where you're like,
1: "Mm." (laughs) I've probably said some random things too. (laughs) I've definitely honestly (laughs) I I don't know that I don't think there's a I mean to me there's some pretty obvious things. Um that I'm not, you know, I wouldn't even say on here. Um, But depending on the audience or what type of event it is, I think that makes a difference. And there's been times where I'll be really open and maybe it's talking about kid stuff or female stuff or just things because, it's a more open environment, or I feel more of a sense of community. Um, you know, I think some people will say, well, don't, t- you know, just don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion, don't talk about blah, blah, blah. But who, you know, everything's on the table in my mind. That one was ingrained to
0: me. Like, do not, when you are out, and I it was my aunt that taught it to me when I was younger. She's like, do not talk about, um, when you're out with people like personal problems, politics or religion. I don't even like that was those three were just ingrained into my brain. But it's interesting because
1: those are still parts of who we are. Like are, you know, And I say, honestly, I think times have changed, too. And it's some people you talk to, you could have conversations about all three of those things, and they will be totally comfortable. Some people want to have a conversation with someone with differing views because they want to learn the other person's perspective. Now, for me, I talk about money because that's what I do. I'm not necessarily saying, oh, I make this much and oh, I cost this much. But the topic of money for me, of course, is not off the table where for others, they may say, you know, my husband, for example, is super, super private about anything money related. So it just depends on the person. I'm pretty much an open book. So
0: I love that, which brings it back to like one of the first things I think you said, like being curious, asking a lot of questions because, and I, maybe this is a poor example, but I think, you know, I play volleyball on Tuesday nights. It's a rec league. We're not that great. We haven't been for the last seven years. And our friend bought a friend to play on our team. And this person much better at volleyball than our whole entire team. Okay. We play in a rock league. So we're not even kidding ourselves. Like we know where we're at. This person maybe wanted us somewhere different. And she came in all new people, right? New relationships. And then started yelling at people for how they were showing up or how they were lined up on, on the court. And in my head, I just like, Oh my gosh, like the leadership coach in me was like, You are not even getting curious about the environment that you're in or the people that are here or, you know, what the dynamic is like too often. I think people stop. They don't even think about the intention, what you're saying, and they don't even start with curiosity. They just start with, well, this is what I know. And this is what might be right without even trying to understand the circumstance or environment. I mean, have you seen that? Like she was not, she didn't necessarily create the best first impression. Let's just say that when you kind of lead with that, it took the fun out of it.
1: Yeah. I think that you bring up a really good point with that and and it getting kind of back to what topics and things and with that, you know, maybe she would have come in and said, you know, my friend said, you know, this is a rec league, which is great. It sounds like you guys have a lot of fun. I've been playing volleyball for twenty five years and I could give you guys some pointers if you'd like some. Or I can just, we can just play for fun, but like preface it with some sort of question. And the same thing um, could be used like at a work event where maybe instead of just spilling your guts or something, it or maybe I ask you something that might be sort of personal, maybe instead of just, oh, tell me this, maybe it's, you know, do you mind if I ask? blah, blah, blah. Or are you comfortable answering blah, 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 where it makes it a little bit more friendly and give, and you're inviting them to answer, but not necessarily um, prying too hard. They can opt out per se. I, but
0: I love that you give that as an option. Like you're getting their permission before you're moving into
1: it, right? That's because a, giving it was... permission. Getting permission. That's a great way to put it. Like
0: this individual, it was like, I, I don't even want to talk to you. I'm going to talk to my friend about maybe like assessing like the attitudes of others before you bring them into our fun yeah. rec league. Cause we all understand that none of us were sponsored to play any professional sports. We had to actually pay to play this. So I need everyone else to understand that before yeah. they start maybe
1: criticizing. And well, it's, you're true. It ruins the, it can ruin the whole dynamic. And, yeah. um, yeah, that is not obviously what we're going for, but so oh lessons learned. Well, and I'm sure you can think of like,
0: you have been to countless networking events, that person that can zap the energy and fun out of a conversation. Now I feel like that's the person that's like, it's all about me. Let me tell you about me. Got everything about me. I mean, it's, what other things do you kind of notice that make people shut down in a conversation when that person comes in? Is there anything that comes top of mind for you of like, Oh, here they come. And, or is it when they keep bringing the conversation back to themselves? Like, let me just make it more about me. Uh, I think both. I
1: think both of those for sure. Um, and sometimes just the way that people carry themselves can uh, be <laughs> off-putting in my mind too. Um, it's hard to really describe, but sometimes you just feel it when you see it, like, Oh, I got a steer clear of that person too.
0: But I think that makes sense. Like this month or last month at CrossCon, we were talking about leadership presence. And, you know, it's a felt presence. You feel it. And, you know, it's, I think that kind of ties to it. You can probably sense is this someone that I want to actually talk with? Is this someone that has the hidden agenda? You know, and, I mean, I know that people have to go to networking events to hopefully like grow their business and make it happen. But what's the way that you can even talk about yourself without making it feel like you're just pushing it all on someone?
1: Well, and I think some of that by you, some of the questions you ask can help get to what you want to say. Because a lot of times, like you may ask them a question of, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of one just off the top of my head, but they may give their answer and then you, it gives you an opportunity to say, oh, yes, I've experienced the same thing, except when it happened to me, blah, blah, blah. Or, um, yeah, I have the same question. Um, how do you handle that? Or when that has happened to you, how do you handle it? Or where do you go? Um, So it gives you a chance to continue the conversation and kind of answer, get answers to your own questions. Um, Or, oh, it's interesting you say that because that's something that I just started doing. And And then you can talk about it that way too. You can ask, leading
0: questions, too. And I love it
1: comes with practice. Well, and it comes
0: with what you had said earlier. It's the preparation. Like, if you're going to go about networking or meeting someone new, it's your preparation and your own foundation of yeah. what is your intent. Like, what do you want to get out of this? How are you going to work together? What do you want that relationship to look like? What is your intent of this? And how are you going to measure or assess that or determine whether
1: or not you're getting it right? Yeah, measurement's a good point too. And we have such limited time that if we're using our time to get to know these people, um, we want to, you know, let's make it worthwhile too. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't always have to be about work. And I feel like half the people I do business with
0: that comes after the relationship is formed. It's not mm-hmm. the relationship doesn't start necessarily because we're doing business. It's after working together. Like then I want For to sure. invest in
1: that. Well, and there's I there I can count on you know more than two hands the number of conventions and conferences and work events that I've been to that were good events, but I didn't really get to having a great conversation with someone until after the, like at the, the cocktail party or the, you know, the bus trip to the football stadium to check it out or the bowling event afterwards where people are kicking back a little bit and you can actually have a, a good, um, relaxed conversation. Yeah. So, There's so many opportunities that are like much more or more available to you
0: than just walking into the room and going into the small two-person group. It's the little things, finding it in the day-to-day or when you're going up to grab a water or grab some food. Um, Carol, I've loved our conversation and just like getting back to the basics of how do we, how do we connect? How do we build these relationships? What are, do you have any final thoughts for our audience? I know we have to wrap up. What would be like last minute tips or any last and final closing remarks that you would have for our audience?
1: Um, my, one thing we, you and I had talked about before that we hadn't touched on yet today was that you don't have to be an extrovert to be good at building relationships and and networking. Um, I know a lot of extroverts that aren't, that aren't great at, at networking actually. And I know a lot of introverts who are very good at it because they're intentional and they they know why they're doing it. And they also try to limit, well, limit maybe isn't the right word, but they know how much energy they can put into it. And they know when it's time for them to kind of take a break and step away from it. Some of the best salespeople I know are very good at their job and building relationships. But when they, they need their downtime, they take their downtime and be authentic. We've said multiple times and ask questions. I love that. I love the final reminder
0: to the, you're an introvert. Like you can figure this out. You might just want to be a little bit more intentional with it. Like what are the questions you want to ask or what are you doing? And, extroverts
1: definitely may not be the ones that steal or steal a spotlight all the time start with one person at a time you don't have to meet everyone in the room just think okay i'm gonna go meet one person and have one conversation just one conversation
0: that should be everyone's goal just one person one conversation that is success carol parrish how can people connect with you
1: uh, the easiest way to connect with me is on LinkedIn, and it's literally Carol Parish or LinkedIn slash Carol Parish, and uh, my website is Utor Wealth, That's U T O R W E A L T H dot com. Carol, thank you so much
0: for giving us your time, your thank expertise, you. because you have been to more networking events than probably many of us, right? So you have this experience and insights that a lot of us don't have because we might avoid it. So thank you so much for helping us just get Thanks a little for bit more confident. me. <laughs> it was great to have you. You too. Thank you. Given the nature of Carol's rule, we do have to share with you this disclosure. Investment advice offered through WCG Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor. UTOR Wealth, LLC is a separate entity from the Wealth Consulting Group and WCG Wealth Advisors, LLC. UTOR Wealth, LLC, the Wealth Consulting Group and WCG Wealth Advisors, LLC do not offer tax or legal advice. WCG-21-0021. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast. I really liked my conversation with Carol, just talking about how we can approach these relationships, how we can be more intentional with networking. Now, if you want to connect with Carol, she is offering a free tool download. Hey, everyone deserves to be financially independent at some point. And I'm assuming that's what you want too. So you can use the link that's in our show notes. It's a retirement calculator that you can use to figure out if what you're doing today is going to help you get to that retirement that you want, which us as leaders do need to be thinking about retirement. It's not that thing that we need to avoid because it's going to come up faster than we know it. So if you head on over to utorwealth.com, pound services, or U-T-O-R-W-E, A-L-T-H dot com backslash hashtag services. That's where you can find that retirement calculator. Of course, if you know someone that could benefit from this conversation, share the podcast with them. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform.